Coming to you live from the AP Dome, this is the AP Pod. Boy, that feels fantastic to say. That was amazing! I am the alienated podcaster, Aaron Poling. So first off, I'm going to start with the intro thing. The AP, obviously AP stands for Aaron Poling. Uh, I change that up every time I introduce myself. It's I think it's a good way to, you know, make everything not become stale. You'll hear a few of them in some of the clips towards the end. But to start off the show, we're going to get into a segment I like to call 5x25. We're going to start the show with the American League. Then I'm just going to put together a bunch of random clips that I've done that I just personally enjoy and I think you'll enjoy. And then we'll go to the National League to end the show. Coming to you live from the AP Dome, this is the AP Show. I am AP, the almighty potato. Today I got something special for you. Got a brand new segment coming up. Now here's something we hope you'll really like. As some of you may know, or some of you may not know, I was in the United States Marine Corps for four years after high school. From now on, you're Gomer Pyle. Sir, yes, sir. Now I know what you're thinking. How did some chubby loudmouth who runs his yap on the radio about sports make it in the world's most elite fighting force? Get up here, fat boy. Quickly, move it out. Move it out, Pyle. Move it out. That's a good question. All joking aside, though, I kind of wanted to do something that brought my past life into my current occupation. So I decided that 5x25 is what I was going to go with. When you're on patrol in the military, you have to check 5 meters in front of you and then 25 meters in front of you. That's what I was taught, at least. It may be different now. So I added a wrinkle to this. The wrinkle is I'm going to give you five words that describe every major league team this year, and then I'm going to explain it in 25 seconds. In this episode, we're going to do the American League. Baltimore Orioles. Hang on. It gets better. First and foremost, congratulations to Trey Mancini. He beat cancer and is coming back to be the first baseman for the Orioles. But the prospects, that's really what the Orioles fans should be excited about. Ryan Mountcastle starting with the club. Austin Hayes is going to be with the big club too. But Adley Rutschman should make his debut this summer. And he was the number one overall pick in 2019. What else do you need to say? Boston Red Sox. Is Haim Bloom the guy? Bloom was an interesting choice coming from the Rays organization to become the general manager of the Boston Red Sox. The Rays typically have a small payroll, while the Red Sox typically have one of the higher payrolls in the league. He shed a little more salary by trading away World Series hero Andrew Benatendi. I expect Bloom will build the Red Sox back into a contender by drafting well, building from within, and then if one of those players that they draft and develop becomes a superstar, then they'll open the checkbooks. Chicago White Sox. My AL World Series favorites. Nick Madrigal, Luis Robert, Jose Abreu, Yoan Mancata, Yasmani Grandal, Tim Anderson, Billy Hamilton, Aloy Jimenez, Lucas Giolito, Dallas Keuchel, Lance Lynn, Dylan Cease, Carlos Rendon, Liam Hendricks, closing games. Not a lot of holes in the Chicago White Sox team. Those are just some of the reasons they are my AL World Series favorite. Cleveland Indians. Great arms, but what about hitting? Death, taxes, and the Cleveland Indians having an above-average starting rotation. The rotation, not going to be a problem for the Indians. But where they're going to struggle is their hitting. They're going to go as far as their offense takes them. Eddie Rosario is a great start to solving that problem. He'll join Jose Ramirez in the middle of the lineup. Fran Mill Reyes is another key piece. 
If he has a great season, the offense can have a great year. The offense is going to carry them as far as they'll go. Detroit Tigers. Mize, Scooble, Manning, Green, Torkelson. It's going to be a long summer in Detroit. They're not going to be very good, but there's hope on the way. The Tigers have five top 25 prospects in the MLB's top 100 prospect list. They're the first team to ever do that. Mize and Scooble, they pitched a little bit last year. Expect them to be a little more consistent this year. Matt Manning's probably going to get a start or two this summer. He's going to make his way to the bigs. And the other two, they're on their way. Houston Astros. Offense needs to bounce back. The pandemic-shortened season probably stopped the Astros from breaking a record last year. And that record would be getting hit by pitches. And deservedly so. They deserve to get hit probably twice a game for what they did. But it's not going to happen as much this year. Most of the teams, at least in the West, got their got their animosity out. They're still going to hate them. But not having a ball flying at your head makes it a lot easier to hit. So expect them to bounce back. Kansas City Royals. Much improved, but how much? Getting Andrew Benintendi from the Red Sox could be the steal of the offseason if he goes back to being the gap-to-gap hitter he was when the Red Sox won the World Series. If he still tries to drive everything out of the park, he's going to be about the same. Another thing that could really help the Royals this year is they get Sal Perez back. That's going to help their pitching staff. Their pitching staff is probably what's going to carry them. They're not a real good offensive team, but they have a lot of young arms. Expect Brady Singer to have a breakout year this season. Los Angeles Angels. Is Trout still the face? While all the analytics nerds drool over Mike Trout's war, I'm going to give you a real number. The number zero, a big fat zero. That's how many playoff games he's won in his career. He made it once in 2014 and got swept. So if Mike Trout's the face of baseball and they're paying Anthony Rendon a ton of money, Albert Pujols is still there, and they went out and got Joe Madden, now's the time to make the playoffs. If not, it's on you, bud. Minnesota Twins. Simmons solidifies their defensive weakness. It's no secret that the Twins struggled at shortstop last year. So they went out this offseason and signed defensive wizard Andleton Simmons, who's going to sure up probably the biggest need that the Twins had. The Twins can still hit. They're going to hit a lot of home runs this year. They broke the record a few years ago. But once again, with the like a lot of teams, it's going to be their starting pitcher that carries them. Kente Medea, they picked him up a year ago, looked really good last year. Expect him to continue his dominance. New York Yankees. Health will be the key, specifically the health of John Carlos Stanton and Aaron Judge. After Aaron Judge broke onto the scene in his rookie year, there hasn't been many times where both of those two have been in the lineup together. Another big question is pitching. Pedro Severino was arguably, before they signed Garrett Cole, their best pitcher. How is he going to recover from Tommy John surgery? All signs look good right now. What other injuries might pop up? That's the only thing stopping the Yankees this year. Oakland Athletics. Who replaces the key departures? The Athletics lost Marcus Simeon and Robbie Grossman to free agency last season. Robbie Grossman will be a little easier to replace. I believe they have the talent to do it on their roster. But Simeon's going to leave a big hole in that lineup. They went and traded for Elvis Andrus, the shortstop who's been playing in Texas his whole career. Not quite the same player as Simeon, but it's a start. The big question for them is who's going to step up. Seattle Mariners. Best outfield in five years. 
with Seattle outfielder Kyle Lewis winning the AL Rookie of the Year last year, I believe this set in motion a process that's going to turn the Mariners outfield into the best outfield in the majors. Jared Kalanick, he's expected to make his debut this year. And also Julio Rodriguez, he's expected to come in two years. Those are both top 50 prospects in the majors. Along with Lewis, they could have an outfield that could lead them to their first playoff appearance in forever. Tampa Bay Rays. Analytics worked for 60 games. Live by the sword, die by the sword. Okay, maybe it's not that dramatic, but the Tampa Bay Rays love their analytics department. Their analytics probably got them to the World Series, but their analytics also cost them the World Series. If the Rays use their bullpen the way they did last year, I believe their bullpen will fall apart and the Rays will be a middling team. If they let their starters go longer, especially Tyler Glass now, who's filthy and could win a Cy Young, I think they'll succeed. Texas Rangers. Get out of baseball purgatory. Since Prince Fielder retired after being traded to the Texas Rangers, the Rangers have really been stuck in this place where they're not good enough to get in the playoffs, but they're not bad enough to get top stud prospects. Joey Gallo is a good start as a prospect, but finally the Rangers last year were bad enough to where they netted the number two pick. They're going to probably get a stud. Hopefully this will be the turnaround the organization needs. Toronto Blue Jays. It's on the young guys, especially Bo Bichette, Kevin Biggio, and Vlad Guerrero Jr. Those three are the key pieces of the cog that will push this lineup into contender status. They will need pitching, but I believe if those three can play well, along with the signing of George Springer, Marcus Simeon, I believe the Toronto Blue Jays are on their way to having a pretty good season this year. Will they win the AL East? I don't think so, but they're going to contend. And that was 5 by 25 What did I say about your favorite team? Do you agree with what I said? Do you think I'm wrong about your favorite team? Do you think I'm wrong about other teams? That was amazing! I hope you liked the segment. It's a good way to bring my past life, blah, blah, blah. Future life, blah, blah, blah. I've already explained it. I'm sure you don't want to hear it again. Probably didn't want to hear it the first time, but hey, you clicked on this. You brought this on yourself. All kidding aside, though, I am very proud of my military service. It's just... I like to make jokes about myself because, granted, I was not that great of a Marine. When you see Marines and you think of them on TV, like, think of the exact opposite, and that's probably me. Coming to you live from the AP Dome, this is the AP Show. I am the alimony player, Aaron Poling. On today's show, we're going to talk about some major disrespect being shown by the Florida Panthers to one of the NHL's longest-standing Ironmen. Also, someone got caught in the DMs. We're going to let you know who right here on the AP Show. Can you dig it, dig it, suckers? Wait, that's King Booker's music. You know what that means? It means we're talking about some college basketball royalty. Well, we're talking about some struggling college basketball royalty. Give you three guesses on who the three teams are. The cut by Tony for the slam to make it a four-point game. With the loss, Duke falls to five and four. That is not a record that Duke basketball usually has. That's why they're a blue blood. That's why they're royalty. At least they could take solace in the fact that North Carolina was bad last year. The Seminoles beat North Carolina 82 to 75. Oh, North Carolina's not that good this year? Well, I thought that was last year. It's both years. Oh. North Carolina is kind of down this year. They were down last year too, but Cole Anthony got hurt, and I can understand why they weren't that great. 
but this year is a new year and they should be better they're eight and five duke's five and four they're both in the acc neither of them are really going to fight for an acc title this year it's unfortunate basketball is better when those two teams are going at each other's throats but what about kentucky calipari has them playing well right let me let me just say this again losing stinks we had our chance and we had some breakdowns um... the kentucky wildcats have lost nine times this year nine times they are four and nine this season and it doesn't get any easier for them after playing lsu who's no slouch by the way lsu is a pretty solid team they're going to go on to play four straight ranked opponents including texas the number six team in the country if kentucky doesn't figure it out soon they might not be playing march basketball i don't even know if the nit will take them at this point which i mean they've been pretty successful in the nit right robert morris is a winner as they upset Kentucky and Coach Calipari. Oh yeah, that's right. That did happen. But why are these three schools struggling so much? For Duke, it kind of goes back to when Zion Williamson, Cam Reddish, and R.J. Barrett all played at Duke and then left. They had the top three recruits in the country and left. The one-and-done style is just tough on programs. If you can't constantly get you know, Zion Williamson every year, which you're not going to. Zion's a one in a million player. It's going to be tough for your program to continue to win. We have to take a quick break, but coming up next on the AP Show. It goes down in the field. Also coming up on the AP Show. Answer this question. What is the most unattractive male first name in the English language? Keith. Welcome back to the AP Show. I am AP. And if there's one thing I know, listeners, it's how to get rejected by women. Happens all the time. <laughs> the person that could really use this talk from good old Uncle AP is former New York Mets general manager Jared Porter. He struck out not once. Not Actually, I'm going to let LeBron James take this away. Not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven. We'd be here a while if we let LeBron actually count out to how many times Porter struck out. Porter sent over 60 text messages to this female reporter, 60 times, and he never got the hint. And the kicker, he sent a lewd photo. He sent 60 messages with no response and including a lewd photo. Obviously the Mets organization fired him and I believe the scumbag got what he deserved. He'll never work in baseball again and he deserves it. We have to take a quick break, but coming up after the break, Answer this question. What is the most unattractive male first name in the English language? Keith. Listeners, I have a question for you. Have you ever done 866 straight of one thing and never missed out on doing that certain thing? Whether it's 866 straight days of reading a chapter in a book, 866 days of going to the gym, 866 days of playing board games at home with your family, 866 straight days of going to work, Never miss a single day. I know I personally haven't been able to do anything like that, anything that impressive, but you know one person who has done something like that? Keith. That's right, Keith Yandel's played in 866 straight NHL hockey games. That's right, the Florida Panthers want to end that Iron Man streak. Must not be producing, right? Hold your horses. Wait, hold on. I just checked Hockey DB. He had 45 points last year. 45 points is a really great year for a defenseman. In fact, 
He's the only defenseman since 2010 in a full season to have 40 points every year. The only year he didn't was the lockout shortened season. He had 40 points last year before the season shut down. Something in that up here. Ah, I see what happened here. The Florida Panthers GM tried to pull a fast one on us. So basically, Keith Yandel has a no trade clause, and there was a three-way trade involving the Panthers and the Bruins. Keith Yandel said no and shut the whole trade down. The GM was not happy about it. So the GM decided, eh, let's scratch him. End his Iron Man streak on a healthy scratch. That's messed up. He's getting up there. He's pretty close to almost playing 900 games straight. That's incredible. And if you were to scratch him because you got mad because he declined a trade that he has the right to do, you'd be worse than Mike Babcock not letting Mike Madonna play his 1500th NHL game. And do you really want to be Mike Babcock? Nah, I don't think so. Nobody wants to be Mike Babcock. Are bad vibes ruining your game on the court? Well, fret no more. We have something to get rid of those vibes. Introducing Kyrie's Sage. Even if the whole entire bad vibe thing came from yourself and it's 100% your fault, we can get rid of those bad vibes with Kyrie's Sage. Just cleanse uh, the energy, um, you know, make sure that we're all balanced. Um, and when we come into this job and we come to this place, it's not anything that I don't do at home that I did today. Are you going through a bad breakup, listener? Use Kyrie's Sage. Is your old partner winning championships out in L.A. with his new partner? Use Kyrie's Sage. Are you and your new partner super temperamental and probably won't get along throughout the whole entire season? Use Kyrie's Sage. Are media pawns like me, who you get paid $35 million a year talk to getting you down? Use Kyrie's Sage. Want to use those pawns that you so-called describe to push your personal beliefs in the media? Use Kyrie's Sage. Or do you just want to play 2K in your room? It wasn't your fault you lost the game. It was the bad vibes. Use Kyrie's Sage. I mean, Kyrie probably sages his room before he plays 2K when he gets home. So that's just what he does. And I think that, that, that gives us good energy. He does it in the locker room. He just That's his thing. And we, we all respect him. And Welcome back to the AP Show. I am AP, the alligator pencil, Aaron Poling. An ESPN report came out today that Carson Wentz says he does not want to be the backup quarterback, and if he is the backup quarterback, he wants out of Philadelphia. Well, the way I see it, if he really is who he says he is, well, then he'd better do something. And do something Carson Wentz is probably not going to get a chance to because Jalen Hurts just solidified himself as the starter for the rest of the year. They may have lost, but Jalen Hurts played incredible, threw for over 400 yards. But it's not all bad news for Carson Wentz. I recently inherited a great sum of money, approximately $50 million. And uh, I'm just wondering, what do you think I should do with this? I'm really glad you asked. Well, the first thing you should do is, you know, sit there, make a lot of money, be the backup quarterback for the rest of the year, because you don't have a choice. That's what you're going to do. I mean, you could not show up, breach contract, not get paid, but I don't think you're going to do that. Um, the other thing you could do is... Uh, Ah, it's this thing called work hard in the offseason, get your job back instead of trying to 
get your way out of Philadelphia because you had a bad season. You've done it before. You were almost an MVP your second year in the league. Get back to that form. Work your tail off in the offseason. Come into training camp. Win the job. Become the starter of the Philadelphia Eagles again. Take them to the playoffs next year. It's possible, but you got to put the work in. And maybe instead of requesting a trade out, that's what you should do because requesting a trade out just because you lost your job because you played terrible. There's only one word to describe you, and I'm going to spell it out for you. You know what Carson Wentz could really use? Kyrie's Sage. Coming to you live from the AP Dome, this is the AP Show. I am Aluminum Phosphorus, Aaron Bowling. That's science talk. You know it's not a science? Picking the perfect bracket. We're going to go over some upsets that happened over the weekend. The NHL on ESPN is back, and I'm going to tell you it's different since the league left the worldwide leader in sports. First up, we get into some bracket busters. The first one on the list. And he's at no fouls, and the Bobcats have done it! With the COVID pause during the ACC tournament, and with Virginia kind of arriving late to Indianapolis, only being there for a day to get settled in, and then be ready to play in the tournament, this one was kind of brewing from the beginning. I think a lot of people saw this one coming, but give credit to Ohio. They played really well, especially down the stretch of that game. Tony Bennett's teams always play great in the final minutes of games. That's why Virginia's program's so good. But Ohio weathered the storm, and they're moving on. From the baseline. The baseball court pass. Believe the unbelievable. Yikes. I had Texas in the Sweet 16, but that's not too bad. My bracket's still kind of intact. Orange. The jumper doesn't go off the window. Not to the outside. Washington. Off the mark, and it's over. It's March. That was the first big hit to my bracket. I had Ohio State going all the way to the Final Four. Stay hot, AP. Can't get any worse in your bracket, right? Another fairy tale ride is underway for Loyola Chicago and head coach Porter Moser. That's going straight in the recycling bin. I don't want to look at that anymore. How's your bracket doing? Is it a dumpster fire like mine? Is it still intact? Call up the show at 231-903-9707. Let me know how your bracket's doing. Kind of curious. We have to take a quick break on the AP show, but coming up after the break... The NHL on ESPN is back, and I'm going to tell you it's different since the league left the worldwide leader in sports. With the recent announcement that the NHL is going back to ESPN as their national broadcasting partner, we're going to go over a few things that have changed in the 14 years since ESPN last broadcasted an NHL game. For McKinnon, oh look at him go! He flew by him! The first thing, the game is much faster. If you haven't watched hockey since 2004, you're going to be blown away at the pace. The lockout is kind of what ended ESPN's deal with the NHL, but the lockout made the game much faster. No more clutching and grabbing. No more holding. In order to create more offensive scoring opportunities, the center red line will be ignored 
for the purposes of the two-line pass. One of the rules that's really helped the pace of play is the removal of the two-line pass. The two-line pass is a pass that goes across two lines, hence the name, get it? In the NHL, there is the offensive blue line, red line, defensive blue line. You used to not be able to pass it from your defensive blue line across the center line. But with the removal of that rule, you can pass the puck freely through the neutral zone. When a guy at one end of the ice dumps the puck way down to the other end, that's icing. Thanks, Snoop. Couldn't have said it any better myself. Icing hasn't been taken out of the game. The one big change, though, you're not allowed to change players. That's new since 2004. This potentially creates an advantage for the offensive team on the faceoff. You could potentially get five fresh players out on the ice against five tired players. After reviewing the play, it was determined that the puck completely crossed the goal line. We have a goal. Even though review was used in the 90s, the NHL has definitely expanded on it since ESPN last broadcasted their last NHL game. NHL coaches can now challenge whether a play is offsides or if there's goaltender interference. Refs can go to the monitors to check if a puck went out of play. And they can also go to the monitor check to make sure a five-minute major is an actual five-minute major instead of a two-minute minor penalty. Goalies will now be restricted to playing the puck only in certain areas. Goalies are allowed to play the puck anywhere in front of the goal line or in the new trapezoid-shaped area behind the net. If you're tuning in for the first time since 2004 to an NHL game, you'll notice there's a nice trapezoid behind the net. That is the only place where the goaltender is allowed to play the puck. This rule is commonly known as the Marty Brodeur rule because he used to be able to go out to the corner and play the puck out of the zone and that would not allow for the opposing team to have an offensive chance. The league wanted more chances, so they eliminated the goalie being able to play the puck in the corners. These are just some of the changes that the NHL has made since the last game on ESPN broadcasted nationally. But that will change soon. Are you looking for any of these subtle changes? Are you going to tune into more games that they're on ESPN? Do you even care if the NHL is back on ESPN? Did you like it more on NBCSN? Call up the AP show. Let us know how you feel about this. I'm really curious to see if more people will watch the NHL now that it's back on a bigger platform. Next week, I'll try to bring you some more topics, more current to the sports climate today. We're going to have the NHL draft lottery. That's coming up next Wednesday. I'm sure I'm going to complain about that because somehow the Red Wings are going to get screwed. They can only drop two spots, but they'll somehow pick 11th. That's a joke. That really can't happen. And if it does, whoa, someone's got some explaining to do. But I'm also going to try to bring some, maybe some of my friends, some people on to come talk, break up the monotony of hearing my voice over and over and over again. But this week's episode was just trying to show you the premise, the basic stuff that I want to do. And it's also just a good way to archive my journey. I'm a big, big believer in that you should document everything. I'm very bad at it. I was a photographer in the Marine Corps. My buddy Brian would always document everything. And at first I thought it was kind of silly because, you know, he'd vlog us driving to D.C. Or he'd vlog us just doing something simple like ice skating. But kind of looking back on it now, I really enjoy those videos. Shout out, Brian. Go watch Brian Domzowski videos on YouTube, the four people that listen to this. You're welcome, Brian. Free advertisement. Now, coming up now, we got the 5x25s for the National League. Arizona Diamondbacks. Does their middle philosophy work? The Diamondbacks have adopted a philosophy of only drafting center fielders and shortstops for the position players, excluding catcher. That's a good philosophy. If you're athletic enough to play center field or shortstop, you should be able to play the two corner outfielders in every position on the infield. That makes sense. 
But the problem is how many of those shortstops that you're drafting are power hitters? What about center fielders? Those are typically not positions you get power from usually. Atlanta Braves. Offensive juggernaut. They need pitching. The Atlanta Braves will have a really good offense this year. You have guys like Ozzie Albies setting the table for Ronald Acuna, Freddie Freeman. Marcelo Zuna was really good for him last year. But their biggest issue is going to be pitching this year, especially with Mike Soroka being out. We're not sure how long he's going to be out, but Ian Anderson and Max Fried need to have great seasons like they did last year. Chicago Cubs. Do Bryant and Rizzo stay? In addition to Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo being UFAs, so is Javi Baez. And those are three of the players that really, really made a difference in the 2016 championship team for the Cubs. I think they're going to give it one last hurrah with the core they have. But after that, if they can't keep all three, they're probably going to have to start a rebuild. So I don't think they'll be able to either. They're all expensive players. Cincinnati Reds. How do they replace Bauer? There's a Cy Young-sized hole in the Cincinnati Reds rotation now after Trevor Bauer signed in L.A. Sonny Gray also isn't with the team anymore, too. He was a big part of their rotation. So they're going to have to find some way to fill those two spots. Luis Castillo has been really good in the past few years, but they're going to have to have other pitchers step up or else that offense isn't going to get the pitching it needs. Colorado Rockies. How does Trevor's story end? Well, the Colorado Rockies have always had hitters come through their organization that are really, really good. Nolan Arenado, Carlos Gonzalez, Troy Tulowitzki. The next one on this list, Trevor Story. How does his story end in Colorado? He's probably not resigning there. There's a very good chance they trade him because they will get a really good package back. But just pitchers in that ballpark, man. That's what's holding that franchise back. Los Angeles Dodgers. They somehow got better. Imagine you just won a World Series. So what do you do? Well, if you're the Dodgers, you poached the NL Cy Young Award winner from the Cincinnati Reds and signed Trevor Bauer. You put Bauer in a rotation with Kershaw, Walker Buehler, Jose Urias, and Dustin May, who's somehow underrated, and he's nasty. This roster somehow got better, and I can't imagine them not going back to the World Series. Miami Marlins. Build off a strong 2020. The Marlins have the looks of one of the next great young rotations in the major leagues. Sixto Sanchez, after last year, finished with a three and a half ERA. He'll probably just get better. Trevor Rogers has been solid in the minors, and all signs point towards him being one of the next really good starters for the Marlins. But their most impactful player, I think, will be a bat. And I think it's going to be Jazz Chisholm. There's been a lot of good things said about him. Milwaukee Brewers. Can Yelich return to form? Christian Yelich was well on his way to winning his second of back-to-back MVPs in the 2019 season before a pitch hit him in his kneecap and broke his kneecap. Since then, I mean, 2020 season is pretty short. He hasn't quite looked the same. I think that injury still lingers, and I think it has an effect on the rest of his body, especially his back. If he can get back to form, the Milwaukee Brewers are going to be a way better team. New York Mets. Can they score for 
DeGrom. Jacob DeGrom is the best pitcher in baseball. There's no arguing that. The Mets don't score for him either, so making his wins doubly impressive. I think Francisco Lindor is going to help shore up the defensive side of the game, and he's going to be a great addition to their lineup. I also believe that the New York Mets are probably going to win this division. At worst, second, but I think they're going to win it. I think they'll overtake Atlanta. Philadelphia Phillies. Bullpen will hold them back. You can make the case that the Phillies have the second best lineup in their division, probably right behind Atlanta. But you can also make the case that they have the worst bullpen in their division. Maybe even the National Leagues, maybe even the Majors. It's a shame, too, because that lineup's going to score runs. Aaron Nola has been very, very solid the last few years, underrated even. And then Zach Wheeler is one of the most unnoticed pickups of the last two years. Pittsburgh Pirates. Who is taken first overall? The Pittsburgh Pirates lost their way to the number one overall pick this year. So far, Kumal Rocker, the pitcher from Vanderbilt, he's the leading in the clubhouse right now to be the number one overall pick. His teammate, Jack Leiter, is hot on his heels. But if the Pirates want to take a bat, you've got prep shortstops Jordan Lawler, Marcelo Mayer, and Brady House all projected to go top five. So there's a lot of choices. It's all about organizational needs. San Diego Padres. Most expensive infield in baseball. They have over $700 million invested in Machado, Tatis, and Hosmer on the infield. Their bullpen is going to be fantastic, maybe the best in the league. Their one weakness, I guess, which is hard to call it a weakness, is their starting rotation. That consists of Hugh Darvish, Blake Snell, Joe Musgrove, Chris Paddock, and Danielson Lamont. That's going to be a very good rotation. Is it good enough to beat the Dodgers, though? San Francisco Giants. Can Posey lead the way? They have over $700 million invested in Machado, Tatis, and Hosmer on the infield. Their bullpen is going to be fantastic, maybe the best in the league. Their one weakness, I guess, which is hard to call it a weakness, is their starting rotation. That consists of Hugh Darvish, Blake Snell, Joe Musgrove, Chris Paddock, and Danielson Lamont. That's going to be a very good rotation. Is it good enough to beat the Dodgers, though? San Francisco Giants. Can Posey lead the way? The Giants still have part of their championship core with Buster Posey, Brandon Belt, and Brandon Crawford. Their offense, I don't know how great it's going to be. I mean, it's cool that they have Mike Ustremski, who's Carl Ustremski's grandson, but I don't know how great their offense is going to be, and their starting pitching is going to have to carry them. Kevin Guzman, Alex Wood, Johnny Cueto is still underrated. He's fun to watch. But are they going to be good enough to keep up in that stacked NL West? St. Louis Cardinals. Arenado is the best acquisition. Maybe it's because he spent his whole entire career with the Colorado Rockies. But Nolan Arenado is one of the most overlooked players in baseball history. The dude has won eight straight gold gloves. Now he's finally in a situation where he gets to win. And I think he and Paul Goldschmidt are going to be the X factors and why the St. Louis Cardinals win the NL Central. Washington Nationals. Will they trade Max Scherzer? They won the World Series in 2019, but they didn't make the extended playoff last year. Is it time for them to rebuild or are they going to retool? Will they keep Max Scherzer? Will they stay loyal to him? Maybe he resigns? Or will they try to trade him? Because you could still get a pretty good package for him on the open market. 
I think it's just very unfortunate that we're wasting two years of Trey Turner and Juan Soto. Juan Soto might be the best left-handed hitter in the game. Tune in next week, and we're going to go over the NHL lottery draft, what happened, and who won the lottery. We're also going to do a little mock top 10, tell you where I think the top 10 prospects in the draft are going to go. And we're also going to talk about why I feel optimism as a Detroit sports fan right now. It's a weird word. We haven't heard that. All we know is rebuild. But I'm going to tell you why you should be excited about these rebuilds. Well, nothing to do but to see myself out. Look, coming to you live from the AP Dome. This has been the AP Pod. I am AP Aaron Poling. Have a great week. We'll see you next week.